Welcome to the CBIA BizCast. I'm your host, Allie Warshavsky. And today on our podcast, we are joined with the president of Foxwoods Casino, Jason Guyette. You became interim CEO at the height of the pandemic in April of 2020. And we'll definitely touch on that. But uh, I also heard you have an incredible path to becoming president. So we definitely want to hear that story. Welcome, Jason. Yeah, Allie, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Now, you're a lifelong Connecticut resident, I heard, and you began your career at Foxwoods in 2003. What were you doing then? I'm assuming you weren't sitting in the same seat. No, I was not. Yeah, actually, I started even earlier than that. Um, In the mid-90s, like 1995, I worked as a bellhop uh, at the Great Cedar Hotel for a summer, uh, and that was really my, my first kind of experience in hospitality. Uh, and so that really led me to then grab, then left and graduated college locally at Mitchell College here in New London, and then started uh, in human resources in 2003. It's been quite a ride. Yeah. I mean, the first time you walked into that hotel, could you ever have envisioned where you are now? No, I was, uh, I was, I think I was about 15 years old. It was definitely a different experience for me. I had a different mindset uh, back then. It's come a long way. So, you know, what led up to you wanting to take a role? It, it can't be uh, without any stress being the president of a large casino, especially during a pandemic when you took on the role. Um, you know, what kind of led you to want to take on this challenge? And then we'll go into the challenges that I'm sure you faced a little bit later. But, you know, what drive was inside of you? Did you study hotel management or, or type of management when you um, were in college? No, actually, I got my degree in behavioral science, which I use every day. Um, <laughs> not, not like analyzing everyone. But the human element is so important in hospitality. So I thought I was going to be in social work, uh, did a lot of volunteer time in that uh, through college. But, um, you know, coming into Foxwoods, this is where I grew up in this area. I'm a member of the Mashantucket Pequot tribe. So always been aware and involved in in, in Foxwoods and, and the tribe in general. And so it wasn't like there was any one day where I said, hey, I want to be Uh, the CEO of Foxwoods. It was really, I've been here for uh, almost 20 years of my career and built my career here and had a lot of support through that. And, you know, last year in 2020, when council had asked me uh, to fill in on the interim role, I really jumped at the opportunity, um, felt as though I was ready. At that time, I was a senior vice president resort operations, really overseeing uh, all of the operations here uh, at the resort. Um, So, you know, we were able to, I was able to jump right in and, you know, without a hiccup, just continue to move forward. Now we were closed. So when council said, Hey, you know, would you like to step into the interim role? I know the property's not open. You got a lot of work to do, (laughs) you know, not the most ideal scenarios, but I've always been someone to jump at opportunities uh, and try and and many times put myself in uncomfortable uh, situations. Cause when you come out of that and you get through it, I think you're much stronger, um, you know, just in general. And I've, I've done that in many times in my career. Yeah. And as you mentioned, April, 2020, you weren't even open. How long was Foxwoods closed? We were closed for three months and uh, that was it. We closed on March 17th of 2020. And that was the first time we had closed since opening our doors in 1992. Pretty incredible. 
I mean, what was going through your mind? Because, you know, all of a sudden you've got these massive buildings that employ so many people. Maybe you have the exact number and all of a sudden no one is employed at yeah. uh, your hotels and casinos. Yeah. You know, it was really sad. Honestly, it was very difficult. Um, walking through the property was somewhat eerie, you know, with there was, we had about, we still had about 150 team members just keeping the property safe. And, you know, we had team members here. We had our cafeteria open for those team members that were securing the property. Uh, but in general, no guests for that three month period. And uh, unfortunately, at the time, we had a little over 5,000 team members. We had to temporary furlough um, all of those team members uh, for that three month period. And then, you know, when we reopened June 1st, we did not know. Uh, what the volume was going to be. COVID was still out there. There were no vaccines. We put a great um, plan together to keep everyone safe. That was our number one priority. And luckily, when we opened the doors, it was busy and we had good volume and people felt safe. But we had about, you know, quarter, uh, a little over a quarter of the team in general. So we brought back about 1,700 or so team members and we've built that up from there. We now have uh, about 3,000 team members. Um, so we're not quite to where we were. And uh, you know, nobody really thought through all of this and all the challenges we've had that now you know, we'd have 300, 350 openings and really struggling to fill them. And our plan from the beginning was to basically fill our open positions based on the volumes that were coming in from a revenue standpoint. And as those volumes started to pick up, you know, that's when, you know, individuals weren't as comfortable uh, working or had other options uh, through unemployment. So we're still kind of sorting through it like every business is. Uh, hopefully we're starting to come out of it. This past couple of weeks, we've had some hires, which has been really positive. And we've done a lot of adjustments to our pay rates. You know, really, we're at about $13.50 for a minimum wage. And most of our frontline positions are, are $15. Those are benefit eligible positions. So Great roles, great opportunity, but uh, haven't really seen the market pick back up quite yet, but the business is doing fairly well and we've been happy with our results. Yeah, you're definitely not alone in that labor shortage struggle. Is there um, a certain department where you see that it's it's harder to employ? I know that um, our vice president of public policy has really seen a trend with the restaurants and yeah. um, jobs that normally had high turnover now just can't even get people to fill to even see that turnover. Yeah, you know, I think some of the some of the skilled positions, uh, culinary is one that's been really difficult. Um, cage cashiers, really bank tellers, has, has been another uh, that's been a challenge for us. And then it's really kind of across the board with a lot of our uh, entry level positions. But again, when we closed the doors, you know, in in uh, in March of 2020, our minimum wage was about 10.50. We then bumped it up to 12.50 upon opening in June, which was ahead of the state of Connecticut and their minimum wage. Since that time, we've gone up a dollar about every six months, and most of our frontline positions, as I mentioned, are right at $15 now, with some even going above that based on availability and skill set. Have you guys had any hiring fairs? I know that's been popular too. Yeah, we have. We've had about six uh, in the past two months and varied kind of responses. Um, still not the volume that we've seen, you know, pre-pandemic um, with, with some of our hiring events, but we're keeping at it. Uh, you know, we're optimistic. We feel as though we can come out of this and that people will start to kind of open up and look to get back into the workforce. And 
what, what better place to work, especially, like I said, with the benefits package, uh, our pay rates being some of the best in the state of Connecticut, you know, we feel like we're positioned well when people are ready to come out and start working again. Now you're close to Rhode Island. Are most of your employees Connecticut? Do you have an even split? You know, we're, we are, we're only about, I mean, 10 miles from the Rhode Island border. So I, I don't know off the top of my head, the exact split. We do have a lot of team members that come from Rhode Island, a lot in Connecticut, majority are in Connecticut. And then we even have some team members coming from Massachusetts and New York. Um, so I think we have a team member out, out of almost every county uh, in the state of Connecticut at one point or another. So, you know, as, as now being an employer, employing a little over 5,000, we're still employing a little over three, right around 3,000 team members, you know, one of the largest employers in the state. Yeah, you opened again June 1st, you said, right, was when you had your big reopening of 2020. Um, how important was it to you, to that part of Connecticut to reopen? You are supplying a lot of the economy in, in that area. Yeah, you know, it was, it was tough. We, we had a lot of conversations uh, with the governor in our reopening plan. And part of our push to reopen was to get the economy started again. I mean, when you take a look back at what was happening March until June and even into July, businesses were suffering. And still to this day, many haven't recovered. And uh, hospitality in general, restaurants closing down based on mandates set by the state. And trust me, all done for the right reason. I'm not questioning that, but a huge impact on the economy, not only in the state of Connecticut, but across the United States. So our goal was to reopen and get people back to work. You know, we've been a, a member of the community for the entire 30 years. We're going into our 30th anniversary for 30 years of being here uh, as an employer in the state. And, um, you know, we wanted to jumpstart the economy. We wanted to get things going. And so not only did we reopen, uh, we also partnered shortly after reopening and doing a mega vaccination clinic and held it here at Foxwoods where we were able to vaccinate over 35,000, you know, teachers and, uh, and, and guests and just people in the community here to help keep everyone safe. So we're going to continue to do everything we can, uh, you know, for the local community, but that was the driving force upon reopening. Yeah, what a fun place to go and get your vaccination, right? Come yeah. back, get your shot, play a slot machine. You could walk out of there a lot richer than you came in and vaccinated. I'm sorry I missed that location. Um, mine was yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was easy in, easy out. Like I said, we had a lot of people coming through. Uh, they could come in and play, but we would have been just as happy if they bought a coffee and just got vaccinated, put a sticker on and help protect everyone, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we talked about the employees and, and struggling to regain um, your full staff back, but how has it been for the customers, for the people booking the hotel rooms, coming to the slot machines? Have you recovered most of that business? You know, we're still off about 15 to 20% as compared to pre-pandemic levels. And so that's why we haven't really flexed the entire property open. You know, we do get some guest complaints that, you know, it's not Everything's not open seven days a week, and we understand that, and we're working towards it. Again, no one saw a challenge in, in employment after furloughing and laying off so many team members and then having the opportunity to bring them back, uh, and then many of them being not interested in coming back. So we're trying to balance that out, but I think we are still giving a great guest experience with a ton of things to do, a lot of entertainment. We're kind of getting back into the swing of things, and we hope by spring of next year, you know, we're back to our our typical kind of hours of operation for all the amenities, but you know, we're open seven days a week. Uh, there's still so much to do here at Foxwoods and uh, it's still an exciting place to come and visit. 
Did you lose any of the amenities um, during COVID, just restaurants that decided to not reopen or uh, shops? Um, not at this time. You know, a lot of the ones that we chose, the ones that we run, uh, were just based on hours of operation. So there are still some that haven't opened, but they're ours and run by us. Um, so thankfully, we haven't yet, you know, and we'll, we've been, we've tried to be through this a great landlord to all of our tenants. We're in this together. So from a support standpoint and how we handled those conversations of the closure and reopening and how we really set them up for success to ramp up, you know, we're really proud of that. And I think, I think that that goes a long way. I think the tenants really appreciate um, that partnership that we have in understanding that we, you know, their success is ours and vice versa. And that's really the approach we took and, and making sure they could open um, safely and uh, get back to business. Now, I know in June um, of 2020, I remember seeing, you know, the, the barriers put in place, all the safety measures. Mm -hmm. What does it look like now? Is it very similar to 2020 or if things relaxed a little bit and it's taking on what it used to look like back in 19 or 19, excuse me, 2019? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's looking more like it did traditionally. Uh, we, um, our team members are still masked. But our guests, if you're vaccinated, uh, you don't need to mask while on property. And so we're still doing a lot of the deep cleaning and sanitizing of all of our hotel rooms and all of the gaming floors and in the restaurants. Um, but we've taken a lot of those uh, protocols in a way as the, the infection rate has dropped. And, um, you know, again, we're, we're just going to continue to do everything we can to keep people safe when they're here on property. But, you know, Connecticut's done a great job in general of vaccinations. I think it's you know, up over 70%, you know, for the state, for our team members, over 80% of our team members are vaccinated. We're really proud that, about that. That's all voluntary vaccination. We did a lot of work in talking to them, communicating with them. And that really goes a long way for the guests feeling safe and secure, you know, when they come here to the resort. And do you have a mandate in place? I know some businesses do. We do not have a mandate in place at this time, but with that vaccination rate over 80%, we are doing random testing on a weekly basis. Um, and so we have a great testing program called Bluestone. Um, it also has an app feature for daily symptoms. Uh, we also send all of our PCR testing in, saliva-based PCR. So we have a good program in place. We're random testing anywhere from 50 to 75 team members uh, every week. Wow, very cool. Um, let's talk about some more fun things. Um, you know, what is next for Foxwoods? I was reading, it looks like you, um, a proposed campground type area yeah. could be coming. Yeah, we do. We just we just announced that we're working on it for about um, four years now. Uh, we just an announced the uh, RV park. It's really a high end luxury RV park uh, located right excuse me right adjacent to the resort. Um, it's got about three hundred pull through RV stations, thirty glamping cabins, uh, some areas for tenting, an outdoor freshwater pool like a water slide, a ball field. And so again, another great amenity to add as we kind of go down this road of a, creating this fully integrated resort destination here at Foxwoods. And we think it's just another great amenity to add. It's through the approval process with the local town. Uh, so it's still got some ways to go. Uh, the wetlands um, kind of application went in. We've spent a lot of time meeting with the local residents and explaining how non-invasive uh, invasive this, um, this RV park would be. And that's our number one goal and a greatest and best use of land. We feel like this, this is definitely it. And uh, again, just 
really adding 300 more hotel options uh, here at Foxwood. So yeah, that's just one of the many things that we have going on. Yeah. What are a few of the other ones? I mean, glamping sounds a little bit better to me than a normal tent. I would probably uh-huh. just book the hotel room, but nice that people have that option. You know, what else do you guys have planned um, in the next few years that you find exciting or newsworthy you want to share with us? Sure. Well, listen, we just went live with sports betting and uh, online gaming. That's been going really well, just closing out the first month. And, and with that, we're about to open on November 13th, a DraftKings Sportsbook at Foxwoods, which is going to be really a spectacular uh, sportsbook. I think it's going to be kind of the model for sportsbook moving forward. You know, it's got a 30-foot by 50-foot LED wall that anchors about a 75-foot bar, multiple LEDs and TVs, betting live betting windows, VIP service, uh, great food selection. So excited to uh, open that on November 13th. Uh, We're also opening uh, Mystic Market, uh, which is a local favorite uh, here in the local area. There's one in Old Saybrook. Um, There's one, there's two in Mystic. Um, So it's got both fresh and frozen pre-made meals. Excited, added right to the concourse. So, you know, those are just a couple of the many things that we have in store. I can't share all of them. We haven't announced all of them yet, um, but those are just two of the many things that are coming down very soon. And I'm sure a big 30th anniversary party wow huge 30th big holiday planning so we're here for the holidays at foxwoods so we have our winter ice rink that's coming back uh based on demand you know our guest tells told us they wanted it back so we brought it back there's uh six igloos out there that are themed that you can get food and bottle service there um we're also doing cedars restaurant we're calling it christmas at cedars full decor Uh, top to bottom doing breakfast with Santa really a winter wonderland we're creating in there that'll be going for a couple of months got New Year's Eve that's really going to be exciting we have a music themed New Year's Eve where every hotel tower will be branded in a separate music segment whether it's pop uh, Motown or classic rock we're going to have a lot of bands live entertainment throughout the entire resort both on New Year's New Year's Day And then, as you said, in February, moving to the 30th anniversary. So we're finishing up the planning on that. We'll have a lot of exciting announcements to make uh, in the coming weeks in regards to our 30th. Yeah, we'll have to be following that. And and we look forward to talking to you more about uh, things that are going on in Foxwoods in the future. The last thing I want to touch on, which you already did, was um, the online gambling. It's such a huge thing for Connecticut. Um, You know, how long have you really been working on this behind the scenes? It was just approved uh, or just the soft launch was just a couple of weeks ago, but I, I believe it's been years and years and years in the making. It has, you know, you can go back to the opening of Foxwoods in 1992. Our race book was actually designed to be a sports book. And then through the compact negotiations, uh, it never ended up being approved. So it was always a race book, but that conversation has happened all the way back to 1992. So more recently, it's probably been, you know, four to six years of conversations about sports betting in general and to be able to get iGaming in and, uh, and being one of the first states that, that uh, legalizes that has been, has been fantastic. You know, it means so much to the tribe and the tribal nation uh, for our security and our future growth. It's been going very well, you know, we're about a month into it. So we're starting to kind of look at what the numbers are, what the revenues are, see how accurate our projections were. 
Um, but excited that on the iGaming side, us and our competitor and that in the sports betting side, you know, with three partners in Connecticut, we feel like there's enough for everyone to do very well. So over the next few weeks, I'm sure we'll hear more and more info and, and more and more uh, of the of the dollars shared on, on what we're actually doing for a state. Yeah, I believe uh, Katie just checked out and it looks like Connecticut is number nine in the nation when it comes to online sports betting. Have you tried it out yourself? I know the governor uh, made a few bets. Yes, I, I did. I want to keep up on the competition and based on some of the regulations I actually have to use, I can't use our own here. Oh, so I've nice. checked it out, you know, doing a little testing, seeing how everything is going. Um, it's fun. Listen, if it's done, you know, in the right way, it's very exciting. You know, everybody's been doing, you know, uh, draft Kings and, and fantasy for a long time. Now this just takes it to the next level. And it's just exciting to be able to bet, on games or amount of people that are scoring all these other small bets. And as long as it's done responsibly, it's uh, it's a great uh, and exciting amenity. Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on and, and telling us about all the things that have gone on since you've taken um, the role and, and the problem, not the problems, I should say, but the <laughs> obstacles you have overcome since joining in the middle of a pandemic. We appreciate it. And we'll have you on soon to talk about uh, how the online gambling is going and how everything else is progressing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Al. I just want to say we have a great team here at Foxwoods. Uh, we're really excited for the future and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Great. Well, thank you for listening to this week's BizCast. You can catch other BizCasts on our website, as well as Apple and YouTube.